And recording one. Here we go. Um, all right. Hello, I'm Kendra Winchester here with Jacqueline Masters, and this is Reading Women, a podcast inviting you to reclaim half the bookshelf by discussing books written by or about women. And today, this is a very special episode recorded live for the Weekend of Words Virtual Book Festival. Today, we're talking about debut novels released around uh, the COVID-19 crisis and that might have been overlooked. So we're very excited to share them with you today. And you can find a complete transcript and list of all of the books that we're going to be talking about today mentioned in our show notes. And don't forget to subscribe to the Reading Women podcast so you don't miss a single episode. Well, Jacqueline, this is our very first live recording. (laughs) So I don't think we've ever actually recorded a podcast episode where we can see each other before. We haven't. So I feel like we're used to very (laughs) audible cues, but we're not so much used to seeing each other's faces when we're recording. So this is a nice, it feels like we're actually in the same room for once. Yeah, it's like we're sitting down with coffee and just chatting about books. (laughs) Yeah, it's lovely. (laughs) So for you who are listening at home after this was recorded, we also have a live audience and they are going to be submitting some questions. And so you may hear us answer them. We will, of course, read those questions out loud for you and uh, give our answers that way. Uh, But yeah, that's going to be pretty exciting, I think. Yeah. All right. So do we just want to jump in and start talking about debut novels? Yeah, let's do it. So I think I've got the first book, right? Yeah. (laughs) So the first book that I want to talk about, I don't have a physical copy of. So Kendra, for our watching audience, uh, the first book is A Burning by Mega Majumdar. And this is a book that I first heard about from another one of our co-hosts, Simaya, uh, and she raved about this book and uh, it immediately put it on my radar too. So this is out from Knopf uh, next month, so the 2nd of June. Uh, so if you want to pre-order it, you can. Uh, but it is a narrative set in contemporary India and we're following three different timelines and the chapters alternate between these perspectives Uh, So we're following Jivan, who is a young Muslim girl from the slums. And we're also following Lovely, who is a aspiring actress from a marginalized community within uh, India. And then we're following one of Jivan's former teachers, a man called P.T. Sir. Uh, And the way that all of these characters come together is really complex and layered, but essentially it starts in the very first scene with a a terrorist attack on a train uh, and Jivan is basically accused of a crime that she didn't commit and from there we follow the the way that the story takes off from there and I won't say any more to avoid any spoilers but needless to say I think if you enjoy looking at stories that look at class and privilege uh, and a lot of the the, the ways that those connect with each other, uh, and particularly in India, I think this is a story that you'll really enjoy. So again, that is A Burning by Mega Majumda, and it's out from Knopf next month. So you have the next book, Kendra. Yeah, and I was going to say, like, everyone who, who I know who's read this book has been immediately like, you need to read this now. So. <laughs> and I'm glad I took that advice because it's, it's one you'll fly through as well. It's a very, like, fast story. I am very excited. I told them to put me like on the 
uh, audiobook, the ALC list, and like as soon as possible, just anytime. Oh, well, <laughs> um, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for uh, listeners who may not know, or for those joining us for the live recording, um, I have chronic daily headaches and migraines, so I primarily read through my ears, and I don't read a lot of print um, just because, you know, doesn't doesn't really work well for me. So I often talk about audiobooks. Um, and the next book that we're going to talk about, I have on audio, and I am waiting. Um, and this is also another Samaya recommendation <laughs> that was not planned, but um, she apparently is here with us in spirit. Um, <laughs> so this is Gin Patrol on the Purple Line uh, by Deepa Anapara, and this is out from Random House. And I first heard about this book like saw the name of it when I saw it was long listed for the women's prize this year. And that is a prize over in the UK. And I saw the cover and I was so excited that it was actually available also in the United States at the same time, which is great. Um, but I then went and ran and found the audiobook because I am Kendra and that's <laughs> immediately what I do. Um, but this is a book also set in India. And so this is uh, about three children. And so uh, they are in the synopsis. I'm not sure if I don't think it names the city in the synopsis, but it's an unnamed um, city in India. And these three children get involved in this almost like crime story where children are disappearing. And so this young kid, nine-year-old, a kid named uh, Jai lives with his family, but then someone uh, he knows disappears. So then he goes and he gets together with his other friends and he asks his friends, Perry and Faiz, to be his assistants. And they draw together a list of people to interview and places to visit. And they just like start trying to solve this crime. And I am all here for like a kid gang uh, trying to solve crime. And so when I heard that this was coming out, I was very excited. So Maya and I are, I think she's already finished this book, but I'm reading this for an upcoming episode that we have with Samaya. Um, and I won't reveal the theme yet because I don't want to give any too many spoilers, but I'm very excited about it. Have you uh, picked up this one yet, Jacqueline? No, I haven't. I've got a library hold on it, but my library's still <laughs> in the reopening phase. So <laughs> It's like, uh, you know... The, the bane of our existence right now, waiting for our library yes. holds to come in. Well, still, they're doing drive-by pickups, so you can oh, pick that's up your so holds cool. through a drive. Yeah, it's amazing. It's all for librarians. They're just yeah. killing it right now. Um, but yeah, and um, was there anything else you want to say on this, Jacqueline? No, I just that's on my radar too. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Samaya recommends that I want to read it. <laughs> I feel like this is the Samaya show. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I am very excited to get to... Um, this one, it's very high up on my list. Once I finish all the books for June's theme, um, I will be reading A Gym Patrol on the Purple Line by uh, Deepa and Apara. And um, yeah, so that's my second one. And I apologize uh, to live show individuals for this thunk noise you're going to hear every time because <laughs> my desk is full of books. I have no more. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So the next book we're going to talk about is uh, Conjure Women by Afia Adekora. And this is one that I have not read yet, but it's one that I'm very excited to read. It sounded a lot like The Revisioners by Margaret Wilkerson Sexton, like thematically and, and also quite literally in terms of where it's set and some of the characters. 
Uh, so we're following, again, three women. So I feel like I, there's a bit of a theme with some of the books I've picked, these multiple perspective stories. Um, but this one is set in the US South in the period both immediately before and then immediately after the Civil War. Uh, so we're following three women. Two of them are a mother and daughter pairing. Um, we're following the mother's perspective in that pre-Civil War period. Um, and she is an enslaved, per- an enslaved person working on a plantation. Um, and in that post-Civil War period, we're then following her daughter. Um, and they're both conjure women um, and they're midwives of sorts. Um, and the other perspective we're following is another woman. Uh, we're following... Um, the daughter of the plantation owner. Um, So I'm really intrigued to see how all of these different perspectives come together, particularly in that um, time period. Um, And and again, I just think it's one that, given those thematic overlaps with um, the revisioners, I think I'll really enjoy reading. So that is Conjure Women by Afia Atakora. And that one is out already at the moment by Random House. Yeah, I've picked up... Oh, you've got one too. <laughs> this one. Yeah. I. It just magically appeared. And can we just give a shout out for book designers? Like, look at that. Um, for listeners who aren't seeing the visual, um, the cover is beautiful. And it, it has uh, on the cover these two women. It's almost like one of those photos where you turn it upside down. It's also a photo of a woman. It's really interesting. I'm just fascinated mm. by it. So definitely Amazing check out. cover art. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely check out the show notes for links to go check that out. Um. (laughs) So, Kendra, you've got the next book for us today. Yes, and I feel like it'll be no surprise that this was a semi-recommendation. But I'm very excited about this book because it deals with a lot of uh, really important topics. And um, so it's about a Palestinian-American woman who wrestles with her faith and loss and identity before coming face-to-face with the school shooter in this searing debut. And so it's about a woman who work, um, who is a principal of a um, Muslim school for girls in Chicago, in the Chicago suburbs. And so a shooter comes into the school and she is trying to help the girls and hide them. And then also there are some flashbacks about her childhood um, and like having her mother there and her relationship with her mother. And there's um, some descriptions about you know, her mother's relationship to Palestine and wanting to be able to return to Palestine and a lot of complicated issues there. And uh, I am, as many of our listeners will know, I'm a huge fan of family novels and dynamics and relationships and families. And so um, I've actually, I can't remember if I've ever read a fiction book about a school shooting, but I think this is an incredibly um, timely book um, as well in the topic. So um, I'm very excited for this. And um, Jacqueline, we're, we're, um, were we just talking about this book earlier and like or were we just like preparing for this episode so much and we talked about it then I don't remember <laughs> I don't remember talking about this one specifically but um there's so many great books about family dynamics um and particularly with Mother's Day this weekend um it's interesting to to look at that particular relationship I feel like there was a few years ago, I'd never read uh, a book by a Palestinian American author before. And then when Samaya joined the team, it was just like a whole new world. And I am so excited 
um, for this one as well. Um, and it's been blurbed by Leila Lalami, uh, Rekha Makai, uh, Maurice Carlos Ruffin, um, Rajia Hasib of A Pure Heart, which is one of our discussion books. So all of my favorite people have blurbed it. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited about uh, The Beauty of Your Face by Sahar Mustafa. And this is out from Norton. <laughs> it's always a good sign when people that you love reading to blurb a book, isn't it? Yes. I, it's sort of like, um, you know, all your friends shoving a book into your hands and saying, you must read it now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, Jacqueline, you have the next one. I do. I have another family story. So, again, I feel like there's a lot of connections thematically between so many of these books that we're wanting to share with you. Um, and this is one that I actually read earlier in the year. It's Black Sunday by Tola Rotimi Abraham. Um, and this one takes us to Nigeria. So we're following a, a family. This time it's two twin girls and their two younger siblings, uh, uh, brothers, sorry. Um, and we're really following them for two decades of their life. So the story starts in 1996 uh, and it's a really tumultuous time for the family because the mother has recently lost her job. She works in government um, and with just changes in politics, she has lost her job. Uh, so the family's facing a lot of economic pressures and they turn to this new church, which is led by a, a pastor that is very into worshipping earthly wealth. So it's a very different take on, I guess, churches and religion um, than what I've traditionally read anyway. Um, and as part of that mix, uh, the mother and father start to fall apart. Their marriage starts to deteriorate and he gambles their family home and loses it. Uh, so all of these things kind of add to the children then moving to live with their grandmother rather reluctantly. Uh, and I guess the way that the story unfolds after that is we sort of jump between perspectives and time periods uh, and we get really the course of these children's lives as they become adults uh, and where that all takes them. So it's a lot of discussions thematically about things like connection and estrangement and class and poverty, um, politics and social machinations. I think just the time period it's set in and where particularly um, and just also like a coming of age of sorts because these four people are really just finding their own identity amidst like everything else that's happening in their life. So there's a lot going on and I, I it kind of reminded me a little bit of homegoing in the sense that you get those sort of generational jumps in time and you're hearing from different members of the family. So I think this is a book I've been recommending to people that did enjoy homegoing by Yad Yassi. Uh, so yeah, check it out if you're interested. I really enjoyed it. And Kendra's also got it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I brought all I brought all of them today. <laughs> um, this is out from Catapult as well, which is one of our favorite indie publishers. Um, we're huge fans of um, them. And Nicole, Nicole Caputo, who um, did the design for this, is one of my favorite designers, uh, book designers. She's just amazing. Of yeah. all time. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is like um, the live show part of this is very much like booktube, you know, and we're just holding <laughs> yes. up books and we're talking. I feel about like them. I'm, yeah, Dana White. <laughs> so that one is Black Sunday by Tolo Rotimi Abraham, and that is actually out already from Catapult, as Kendra said. And Kendra, you've got the next book. Yes. Yeah, so I wanted to pick one that was sort of inspired by Sarah Moss. Um, I interviewed her earlier this year, and she was one of my very first solo interviews. 
And we deeply connected because I live in the South. I live in South Carolina, and she is from Northern England. And there's a lot of stigma and stereotypes uh, that are very similar with Northern England and the Southern United States. And so I really wanted to pick up more Northern, you know, English writers this year, particularly women, obviously, since that is our brand. <laughs> and so I saw this one roaming around BookTube, and um, it won the Portico Prize in the uh, UK last year. And so it's came out this year, earlier this year, from FSG, um, and that is Saltwater by Jessica Andrews. And this is about a woman who is from Northern England and then goes to London for university. And she begins to experience that kind of stereotyping and stigma of um, being from the North and the people thinking that she's less educated, that she's more primitive, um, that she has no class. And there's all of these issues um, that come out in this. And then I believe eventually later in the book, uh, her grandfather dies and she goes and stays in their traditional like home that he has had and um, kind of reconnects with the land after leaving the north and going back to it. And uh, as someone who, you know, I grew up in rural Appalachia, whenever I go back, it's always a very emotional experience because I was not aware of the stigma around where I grew up. And even being in the south, it's still very much... Um, something that people do not consider as valuable of a story to tell. So that's why I wanted to look at this book, because this is a similar thing, right? Kindred spirits, in a sense, as far as English literature. And Jacqueline, you're, some of your family's from Northern England. Yeah, well. I actually grew up in the North of England. So I spent the first like 10 years of my life in the North of England. So until I read Sarah Moss's book, I'd never really read literature that represented where I was from. Um, so I, I definitely need to read this one. As soon as I heard about it winning, there was a, a Northern Lit Prize. I can't remember the name of it now, but as soon as it won that, I immediately was like, I need to read this book. <laughs> yeah, and beautiful cover from FSG as well. Um, it has like, it's inspired by industry and it has this almost like purple-ish cover um, going on. And so, um, yeah, it, and I think, I mean, I don't know. It just looks fabulous. And I'm very excited about the audio. I started listening to the audio and they have a fabulous narrator. Um, so yeah, definitely high up on my list and uh, good for her. Like, go out and kill it, yeah. girl. If you're listening to this, you need to Google the, <laughs> the covers to listen along with <laughs> as you're hearing the podcast because... Uh, you're missing out if you're not able to see them too. And I'll be sure to put um, all of the covers of the books we've talked about in the show notes for the episode. And that's at readingwomenpodcast.com if you're listening to this in the future. Um, otherwise, you're seeing me hold up this fabulous book. Um, and that is Saltwater by Jessica Andrews. And that's out from FSG. Pause for the thunk. <laughs> Very graceful. <laughs> All right. Um, do we have an ad break here? Is that right? I'm just going through my notes now. Yes. Sorry, I'm on this tiny little laptop screen and it's <laughs> <laughs> my, my vision uh, is yes. suffering a little. Sorry. <laughs> uh, right. So we have an ad break and then we go to the American debuts. Um, so editing Kendra, um, put that in here and I'll, um, I'll pitch you something. Uh, so 
next up for, we have a couple of books that we want to talk about because these are international authors making their American debut. And so for an author, getting into the American and North American market is such a big deal because it is the biggest English language book market. And so you want the book to do well. And so uh, we have a book from an indie press and a book from a new press. And these are books that we have both read and loved and want to tell everyone to go read so that more of these authors' um, books can come over to the United States and we can read them without having to order them from something where like Book Depository, um, because they've already taken enough of my money. They don't need any more (laughs) of it. Um, But yeah, one of your favorite books, Jacqueline, of the year, pretty pretty sure, is uh, your pick. Yes. So kicking it off, my first book is The Yield by Tara June Winch. And this is a, an art copy. I, it has got a much more colourful, beautiful finished copy. I'll just show that there, but you can Google it if you need to see it in better quality. Um, but Tara is an Indigenous Australian author. And I read this book because it has been cleaning up in the Australian um, literary awards season. So It was recently shortlisted for the Stella Prize. Uh, And the Stella is kind of like the Women's Prize in Australia. It's for uh, fiction and nonfiction, though, uh, writing by women or non-binary authors. Uh, And The Yield was shortlisted. It was one of six titles that were shortlisted. Uh, And it's also recently won three awards at the New South Wales Premier's Literary Awards. So this book is doing amazing things in Australia. And I think it's one that American and Canadian readers, because it's coming out there too, um, can look forward to. Uh, But just to give you a little bit of an idea about what this one's about, um, it's a story really focusing on family and land uh, and language and the the power of language and linguistics. And it's told again across three different perspectives. And what I like is that each of those three perspectives are so different. So in the sort of contemporary timeline, we're following August Gundawindi. And she is a young Indigenous woman who has been living in the UK and she's returned back to Australia uh, to attend her grandfather's funeral. And when she gets back to her family property, uh, she's sort of confronted by um, a mining company that's repossessed the property. Um, so that's kind of a, it gives the, the plot a movement in sense because we're following her disputing that and trying to reclaim the land for a family. Um, But alongside that, and to give a lot of depth to the story and connection, we're also getting uh, two different timelines. We're getting one from her grandfather, who was probably one of my favourite perspectives because the way his story is told is just so unique. Uh, He is writing a dictionary of sorts, a dictionary of the Wiradjuri language. So he was handed a a dictionary when he was younger and realised that there were no words in it from his language Um, and he wanted to go about remedying that. So we're getting his story as he's compiling this dictionary and it's it's so cleverly done and it's beautiful and there's I feel like those sections I just they stood out to me so much. Um, And then the other perspective we're getting is from Reverend Greenleaf uh, and he is a German Lutheran minister, uh, and he's sent to the, the land that this property is on in the very early colonial days. Um, and I guess what sort of makes it really interesting is we're getting this history of the land at all these different points of history and all the ways that it's touched um, these three lives and the sort of broader community in that sense. Uh, so I absolutely loved it. It's definitely, as Kendra said, one of my favourite books of the year so far. I just think... 
Winch is an amazing author and I'm so excited for uh, North American readers to finally be able to read her. Uh, She's also got some other books. I don't think they've been published over here. So it's particularly exciting that this one has made it to the American market. So that again is The Yield by Tara June Winch. And that is out next month, the 2nd of June from Harper Via. I'm very excited. Yeah. We have all sorts of fun things planned on Reading Women for that book. So definitely check out our social media and our newsletter if you want more info. Um, Yes. And you've got our next book. uh, Yes. So (laughs) I have uh, one of my favorite books of this year, um, which is When I Hit You or A Portrait of the Writer as a Young Wife by Mina Kandasamy. And this book came out in the UK a couple years ago, and it was shortlisted for the Women's Prize, and it has been given so many awards and honors in other parts of the world, but it has just now made it to the United States with the wonderful Europa, who I'm huge fans of. And you can actually see my Europa collection just over the top of this book because I you can too. <laughs> I shovel uh, I shovel my stars, Kendra. I shelve my books by publisher because I'm a super nerd. And so that, so just yesterday my spouse was trying to find a book and I was like, look under Pantheon. He's like, what does that mean? <laughs> so anyway, I eventually found the book when I went upstairs. Um, but this book is just an incredible experiment in writing. So this is autofiction. And this is about a uh, Indian woman who is finds herself in this marriage with this very controlling, eventually physically abusive husband. And it's how slowly over time, he also tried to erase who she was as a person, he took completely control over her emails and her work. And she actually turned in an entire writing assignment into her editor by typing it on her phone. Like I, it's incredible. Like in, in the flip old kinds of phones to be clear, not like an iPhone. And so I just found myself picking this up and reading a few pages because it's a very intense book. So it does have trigger warnings, um, for violence against women and, uh, manipulative and controlling, um, a spouse as well. Uh, but one of the things that's really important about this book is that it has been opening up the conversation of women and making art and how so many people are more concerned with what is real and what is not instead of looking at this book as a piece of art. It is autofiction because it is art and she has made it into this what it is. And she really wanted people to just evaluate the book by itself instead of evaluating it and comparing contrasting her life in the book. And so I actually, this was the first interview that I did right after the borders started to close. And Mina Kandasamy had just flown in from India back home to the UK. And uh, her children, though, and her husband were in Europe. So she was separated from her children and her husband. All the borders had just closed. She was locked out of her apartment. She's in some random Airbnb. And she was like, I still want to talk about this book because I know it's important. That's amazing, isn't it? I was just like, I, whatever you want to do, like whatever you want to do, honey, I'm so sorry. Uh, but she just came out of the gate and she did the interview so well and she's so smart. And if this is her rattle, like, wow. Um, and so she really started talking to me before and after recording about how so many authors tours have been canceled. They're speaking engagements to November. A lot of them have been canceled. And how is she supposed to make a living if 
you know, everything, her entire livelihood is canceled. So um, I really want to tell everyone to go to buy the, in America to buy this so that we will have um, the first book that she wrote. This is her second. And then her third one just came out in the UK. And um, I really want those books here in the United States so they're more accessible to more people. And she plays a lot with form in those books, I think. Yes. I'm just very excited about her writing, like, stylistically as well as, like, the content, obviously. Yeah, she's a very exciting writer. She does a lot with, um, like, letters, and it's a very – it goes back and forth in time, and it's like she pieces together this beautiful novel, and it's pretty short. Um, Hmm. If it wasn't as um, intense of content, I think you could probably read it in one sitting. I know some people have, um, but – yeah, I think I think that this is just a, a reminder that these novels, these debut novels that we've been talking about, like they just need as much love as we can give them um, and support them so that we are not just supporting their novels, we're supporting these authors' careers and their futures because there's so much pressure now on debut novels. And I could rant about that, I'll spare everyone, but um, yeah. So maybe I should have led this one and explained why this episode was so important <laughs> with, to us, but... Um, yeah, um, that's it's such a good point. It's not just this one book and this, you know, how that one book is affected by the pandemic. I mean, it's such a run-on effect for their careers, and I think it's so important, particularly now, just to show as much support as you can, whether that's buying from an indie bookstore or putting a hold on at your library. Um, you know, do whatever you can. Telling all of your friends to go read it as well. I mean. Yeah, leave your Goodreads reviews. <laughs> um, well, things you can do without paying as well. If, you, if money's an issue at the moment, that's a good way to, to show some support as well. Yeah, and there really is a snowball effect, you know. Um, and so I think this book, for women especially, is something that, you know, I know a lot of women who have been in relationships like this have read this and seen themselves. And, um, you know, she wrote her third book kind of in response to the response to this book. So I can't wait to read it. So, again, I hope. Europa picks up her other books as well. Um, is there anything else you want me to say on this? No, that's okay. good. So this is uh, Mina Kandasami's When I Hit You, or a Portrait of the Writer as a Young Wife. And this is out from Europa. Um, so we do actually have a little bit of extra time. Uh, Jacqueline, is there anything else that you want to cover in this episode? No. I guess I sh- we should have mentioned these are all releases uh, on the American market. Yes. So obviously we've not talked about books that are coming out in other markets. Um, but I've been reading a lot from Australia as well, trying to support a lot of debut Australian authors because there is a lot of books that has come out in the last few weeks. It's yeah. like amazing, but terrible at the same time. <laughs> yeah, there's been so many authors affected by this, and this is definitely not an extensive list by any means. This is just no. the tip of the tip of the iceberg. And so we are featuring more debut authors um, on the podcast, in our newsletter, um, uh, like Essie Pam Zhang's book, uh, How Much of These Hills is Gold. Uh, I have an interview with her um, and several other interviews with debut authors and different things planned. So hopefully everyone will be able to go out and find those and support them however you And you'll, you'll see these books resurfacing oh, yeah. again because there's a few that will come up on upcoming episodes. There's a few that I, we've reviewed in the newsletter. Uh, so stay tuned. We've got some more ways we're going to help um, support these authors. 
And so if you're listening to this in the future, a reminder again, a links to bookshop.org to all of these books will be in our show notes. Um, you can go to readingwomenpodcast.com. It is all there, all of the things you could ever wish for. I, um, I, I, I'm very detailed in my show notes. <laughs> you are. So everything is there. Um, what are you reading at the moment, oh. Kendra? Um, all right. So right now um, I'm actually reading The Yield. Because, of course. I'm excited. <laughs> so I'm about about 10% in so far. So um, I'm beginning to meet the different storylines and different things. I will say I normally read with a print copy on hand. And there isn't a signal for the uh, breaks when the perspective changes. So uh. I'm always like, wait, why... Why is now that we're going back in time? So it took me a moment, and I went back and, like, reread the synopsis. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, Just saying we've had a question come in. Yeah. Uh, do you ever feature books by Caribbean writers? And if not, how would they get on your radar? This is a very good question because Caribbean Heritage Month is coming up in the U.S., um, and we do have a lot of plans to feature a lot of Caribbean authors that month, but we do feature a lot of Caribbean writers already as well. Yes. So our entire, we theme our episodes uh, per month. And so the next um, month is Caribbean Heritage Month. And so we have a whole selection planned. We have some guests planned. And I know there's a huge campaign on Bookstagram as well, if you're interested. And there's so many great recommendations from uh, Caribbean bookstagrammers. Yeah, if you're following um, Cindy from Book of Sins on Instagram, she is sort of leading the charge, I believe, along with some of her other uh, fellow bookstagrammers in the Caribbean. But she has a whole like campaign of things planned and she's going to be, you will see her on the Reading Women grid <laughs> that month too. So you can look for that as well. All right. Um, so what are you reading right now, Jacqueline? I am in my last few pages of a burning. <laughs> and it's a, it's a very like, it was a bad time to stop reading. Let's put it that way. It was, I, I had to drag myself away from my ebook, but yeah, that's what I'm finishing. And I just finished uh, an indigenous poetry collection this morning from Australia called Firefront. Uh, and it's an anthology that Alison Whitaker edited. Uh, and it was brilliant. And it was particularly impactful because there were, four different Indigenous scholars and um, other poets that had commented on the poems in, in groups of four throughout the collection. So like at different staggered points in the collection, they'd sort of provided commentary um, about those specific poems in that group. So it was a really cool collection to read and like very informative. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, I really love, uh, I feel like Australia is just, they're in, the Indigenous and Aboriginal literary scene is just huge, and uh, I wish more of them would come to the United States for sure. Yeah, well, that's why I think that's why I'm so excited to see Tara June Winch's book coming so quickly after its Australian release, um, because it usually can take years and years mm -hmm. until we see Australian books um, come out to the US. So I'm very excited that people are getting to read her so soon. <laughs> All right. Um, do we want to then read the closeout and then we can just stay um, here and answer sure. questions? Sounds good. Okay. Awesome. All right. Um, near the end. Um, all right. Then I'm going to do the outro. 
Um, all right. So that's our show. If you haven't yet already, please leave us a review in your podcast app of choice. And thanks to our and thanks to all of you who have already done that. Many thanks to our patrons whose support makes this podcast possible. To subscribe to our newsletter or to learn more about becoming one of our patrons, visit us at readingwomenpodcast.com. And be sure to join us next time where we'll be discussing more books by or about women. And in the meantime, you can find Reading Women on Instagram and Twitter at The Reading Women. And thank you very much for listening. Mm-hmm.